In today's white-hot labor market, remote work has leaped from a company perk to a business mandate. Laurel Farrer is a distributed operations consultant who collaborates with the world's top remote-friendly companies to strengthen virtual communications, streamline digital processes, and develop long-distance management strategies. She advises governments, business entities, and industry leaders on how to succeed and excel with remote work. Laurel, thanks for joining us. Super cool to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Awesome, awesome. So why don't you uh, give you know the two, three minute intro of yourself and your work to get the audience up to speed and then we'll, we'll jump in and have a chat. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a remote work strategist and consultant. So what that means is I came from uh, helping businesses convert their roles to be uh, remote friendly um, or update their operations and processes to be remote friendly. Uh, but then in the past year or two, it's come into a more big picture strategy side in which I am helping governments and businesses, organizations all over the world really capitalize on the benefits of remote work and use remote work to really achieve a, a higher impact goal like um, strengthening economic development or increasing job accessibility for refugees or whatever, but really just using remote work as a, as a tool for, you know, whether it's for your business or for your entire community. So we're dealing with technical companies, right? Who, you know, CTOs, maybe VPs of engineering, uh, directors of software, you know, they are struggling right now to find full-time on-site talent. You know, this, this labor market in the U.S. and really everywhere, I'm talking to people in, in England and Vancouver and Australia, they need to adjust to this idea that we've got to be able to work with, you know, remote senior engineers because uh, that opens up the labor pool. You know, what is the beginning of doing that if you are, in fact, not designed that way? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you guys are seeing a really uh, unique shift and extra high demand in this industry because tech is where remote work really blossomed and came into popularity is because remote work is is traditional and, and successful in pretty much any role that is based on computer work, right? And that is that varies across a lot of industries, but not so much in tech. Like in, in tech, that's pretty consistent is that we're going to be on a computer for the majority of the day and not really need to collaborate um, in teams as much as in, in other industries. So yeah, we see remote roles being successful over the long term in tech. And we as advocates, we watch the tech world because it does have the longest case studies of success. The demand is insanely high. And whereas other industries are just get it coming around to the idea, like telemedicine, right? Like there's a lot of doctors that don't really know that they can work remotely. But in tech, everybody knows that they can work remotely. And so the negotiating power is in the hands of job applicants. And so in terms of how to convert, how to warm up to this idea of virtual collaboration and remote working, just know that everything is and can be exactly the same, if not better than as it is on site. Your team is not going to lose any communication. Your team is not going to lose any culture. Um, efficiency can be even higher. Productivity can be higher. 
employee loyalty can be higher. Like everything can be strengthened. But the caveat is that it has to be done right. If you just send all of your employees home and say, all right, we're going to lock up the office door, everybody work remotely, you're going to crash hard. So make sure that you come into it in the right way and you update not only your systems and processes, but your communication styles and your management style. Remote work is all about measuring results instead of, can I see somebody working in the office? No. So how am I going to know that they're productive? So we have to set different KPIs and OKRs to make sure that we are measuring and defining productivity in a more articulate and different way. So it's about results. It's about communication. It's about employee empowerment. They have to be intrinsically motivated. They're not supervised by anybody. That means they're on their own. It's just a, it's a shift in, obviously I could go on and on about that because that's what I do, but that's what needs to be, that's what the big message of converting to be remote friendly is, is that it's not scary. It's a lot easier than you think, but it does have to be done carefully and with intention in order to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that too with, with clients. And I think the challenge for them, and to, to be fair, you know, it does take that work, right? You, since you actually have to have a shift in mindset and a little bit shift in systems. If you've never done this, but now you're absolutely desperate to add engineers to your team, you can't hire engineers on the street. You know, it's just impossible. You got 18 open recs and you're trying to, to get your product out the door. Oh, well, I guess we're going to have to do remote now. And... Yeah. In fact, that changes the way that you do, let's say, your stand-ups, or it changes the way that you do your collaboration because you can't tap people on the shoulder. Teams are not maybe in the same space. And that we see that a lot, that like, wow, you know, I, I love this engineer and I'm not sure how to utilize them because our systems aren't designed in a way that, you know, makes that work. And you don't get that, you know, sort of cross in the hallway status check anymore, that you need to be mm -hmm. deliberate about your remote management processes. Do you see that happen a lot where people are rapidly thrown into this world or is that maybe, you know, a phenomenon that's limited to, you know, sort of this uh, tech software world? Oh, no. Yeah. People are thrown into this all the time. Again, because that negotiation power is in the hands of the employee or the candidate, then it, it's putting uh, the employer in the passenger seat saying like, okay, fine, go remote. That's fine. And it means saving thousands of dollars in recruiting costs. Fine. Um, so yeah, they come into this by default, by accident, and uh, they are not really equipped with the education and the tools that they need to make that transition accurately. And it can be really frustrating for both the employer and the employee and creates this big divide of like, oh, is virtual work possible? Is it realistic? And no, it's not realistic. If you're not doing it right, absolutely not. You're going to crash and burn. But if you do it right, then it can be even better than it was in, in an office. You know, okay, do it right. That's easy for us to say, you know, we live in right. this space, you know, like, hey, I'm a terrified CTO. I got to get the product out the door. You know, I've got 20 engineers that are working on a product and I need 20 more. I've got to go remote. I need to do it next week. You know, what do, what do I do? Like, what are the three things I simply have to do to, to make, you know, a quick shift? A good way to think about this is that because remote work is, again, based on results, but it's also about employee empowerment, 
that means you cannot micromanage your team. If they feel controlled, they're going to stop producing. The analogy that I use is that you have to create this Petri dish, right? That's your job as a manager is to create this perfect environment for them to do whatever they're going to do, but you don't have control over what they're going to do. So you just create the entire scenario, all the resources, all of the information that they need in order to do it. So in order to do that, there has to be a big shift in how you manage what that entire worker employer relationship is. And what those three things are, number one is trust. 100% it's trust. And that feels very touchy-feely, empathetic, you know, a lot of emotions, especially that's not really compatible with the tech world a lot. And so I, that's where I lose a lot of clients is they're like, oh, like I have to be like emotionally available to my team. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> so that's, that's not, a lot of managers are in love with that idea, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like send teddy bears to your team. What it means is that you are going to believe that your employees are working when you can't see them. You give them a deadline, they confirm the deadline, and then you just have to trust while you wait for that, you have to trust that they are going to produce and meet that deadline, whether or not you can see them. So trust is number one and communication is number two. And that's how we know that that that's how we support the trust is through communication. So we're always communicating back and forth and back and forth. Nothing's really happening organically in a virtual environment, right? We don't bump into them in the hallway. Like you said, it is about, Hey, status check, what's going on. Standups are huge in, in virtual environment. Cause that's how we know what's going on. So I like to say that in virtual jobs and remote work over communication is just communication. Like we just, we, constantly have to be reporting, tracking, articulating our thoughts, articulating our needs, articulating, just anticipating empathetic scenarios and opportunities. Just that's our words are what unify us as a team. So you have to be prepared to communicate a lot more than you think. The third point, um, this third point I would say would be very subjective and, and this third point will change based on the role. But uh, the third point for tech specifically, I would say is relevant to communication, but it's about productivity. How are you going to define productivity. If you can't see that somebody's working, how are you going to know that they're working? You and they have to collaborate to say, this is how you will know that I am working. I am going to produce one of these a week. I am going at the end of every day, you will see these results. You know, I have this overhead goal of doing this research. I will produce a report every week that outlines what research I've done every week. You and they have to collaborate together to say, this is what productivity means for me. And this is how you will know that that is happening. And again, communicating that and also just very carefully designing workflows and processes that will allow you to measure productivity in a new way and not just see them come into the office early or see them talking in meetings, but you have to completely take it away from sensory criteria and update it to be virtually friendly. You know, as I'm listening to you say this, like these are all things that we do as remote natives that is really not that terrifying. And it's not that much no. work, but it takes an enormous amount of words to describe 
describe the new way of thinking. And like that paradigm shift, you know, can be quick. And if you have a, an organization that is used to on-site and, and, you know, sort of full-time and whatever, it's really going to be about that organization's ability to be nimble and agile in any context. It's not really about, oh, wow, it's so much work to be a remote organization. It's more about, does my organization know how to adjust and change based on a macro environment and to not get completely hammered by change in general. If you're, if you're calcifying processes in any way, you're going to fall over on, on this kind of conversion as well. Exactly. In fact, one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had in my life was with uh, Ken Weary of Hotjar. He and I were having a conversation about this and, you know, I'm always on my soapbox of like remote work is different. You have to, you know, update your processes and blah, blah, blah. Like it's different. It's different. And, and he corrected me and he was like, no, Laurel, it's not different. This is just good business management period. And I was like, of course it is. Like, why have I been so focused on it being different? Like, no, having a culture of trust and communication and employee empowerment, very clearly articulated goals and, and updated measurement to be results-based, that's just good. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, even if you update your business to be, to be cohesive with this vision, and then you end up not going remote, at least you'll have a better business. It's the future of work. Remote work is only just one small part of that. Sure, sure. It's just a delivery method of being a little bit more accountable to right. you know the we were right just forced into it because we sure. didn't have any other choice. We had to we had to adopt these practices faster than everybody else because our environment is reliant on these management strategies. But eventually, hopefully, everybody will adopt these strategies. So where are you seeing just let's jump out of the tech seat a little bit? You know, where are you seeing um, you know, remote work that maybe isn't technical in some innovative ways that so you mentioned telemedicine. And we have some clients that actually have, you know, those robots that can rove around the office. And so your face can be on a robot and you can yeah. go, you can drive the robot worker to go talk to somebody. You know, and, and some of these things sound kind of ridiculous. I just can't imagine that keeps going. But I don't know, what are, what are just some neat stories or some innovative things that, that you've seen that we can kind of keep our eye on? Yeah, well, in terms of tools, that's the thing to note is that remote work is now an industry as of, I mean, what, two, three years ago it wasn't and now it is. And that's exciting and intimidating. And so it's going to be really cool to watch this industry evolve. And there's going to be new tools all the time on a daily basis. There's going to be access to new tools for virtual collaboration. It's the future of work. So in terms of like what's coming up, it's anybody's guess, but I think that every manager and every company needs to develop a culture of flexibility and innovation to be prepared for changes so that you can easily incorporate new technology in order to be able to adapt and grow with this industry as it continues to develop. I mean, how remote work came to be in the first place is that division, that filtering of tasks, right? Like, what do I have to do collaboratively with a team in person versus what can be done autonomously with just the computer offsite? Um, and then that spiraled and snowballed into a much bigger division. And so that's kind of what we're seeing with industries in general now, like, okay, what can be done autonomously? What can be done virtually versus what absolutely has to be done in person. And so we see cool stuff like 
sports, right? Like sports should be done in person. Like that makes the most sense. But then we see, you know, athletic directors that um, can work offsite and um, not only with administrative tasks, but with coaching. Like I'm going to review your footage and then give you feedback that can substitute an in-person coaching session. We see same thing with dancing. You know, who would have thought that dancing would be remote friendly, but it is because people are willing to look at their career and say, all right, let's filter. Let's, let's, divide what can be done virtually versus what needs to be done technically or mechanically or synchronously in person. So any job, even mechanics, right? Anything can be done remotely. It's just a matter of dividing the tasks appropriately. Right. And you get these, you know, sort of, well, if we can do robotic surgery remotely, then certainly we can find a way to robotically fix a car remotely or move stuff around a factory. Right. And to, I think you hit the nail right on the head is to preserve that human element. Yes. Remote work is results-based. That's how we measure productivity. And we are using technical and virtual tools. So it does open up the path very, very easily for us to completely remove the human element. But when that's done, it's wildly unsuccessful because at the end of the day, humans are still producing your results and you have to treat a human as a human in order for them to continue producing results. Um, so if they don't feel valued as an individual, if they don't feel remembered as an individual, if they don't feel challenged and appreciated as an individual, it's not going to be successful. That's one of the favorite questions that I always get um, when I you know, request to have a video call with somebody. They say, isn't this remote work? Like, Why would you need to, to talk to me on a phone call or on a video Isn't this all about anonymity and completely removing the human element? It's not. Spoiler alert. No. Um, So yeah, I think if anything, it actually increases the human element because we do, in order to be successful, we do have to communicate more. We have to be more empathetic. We have to be more trusting. And so it actually creates a much healthier and human-based and emotional-based work environment if done correctly. Right. And it is this cycle, right? There's a a production and, you know, improvement and change cycle. And there's really just a lot of humility about, hey, how do I do this? And you said that open communication and over communication. Um, One thing that that we know in project work or, um, you know, one-to-one relationships remotely is that silence is just absolutely deafening in all of these collaboration tools where you and me could maybe sit in a room and kind of say two words to each other in presence and actually feel like, you know, hey, we got a lot done today. Mm -hmm. If you don't post in whatever project management or chat tool or whatever you're doing, the silence is just shattering for that trust, you know, that you exactly. To do that. And and along that same line, you have to articulate that. As a manager, you have to set that expectation and not just have that expectation, but articulate right. it and say, hey, guess what? When you're a virtual worker, you have to be checking in. You know, you have to be posting your progress. Share what you're doing. Share what your wins are. Share what your failures are. I mean, communicate to us or else we have no idea what you're doing, no idea how to support you, no idea how to celebrate with you. Like we can't be there for you if you are not there and how you are there is to virtually announce yourself. And I think that kind of comes back to the tools that we were talking about a second ago, you know, especially with the innovation of all of these new tools, as the industry continues to develop, a lot of managers are expecting the tools to do the work of management for them. It's a uh, Slack bot is going to prompt 
prompt my team members at this time to report and therefore it's done. I don't have to do anything. Yes, that's convenient. Yes, it's efficient. However, I've been doing this since for 12 years now. So it's, we didn't have any tools. We didn't have any, um, you know, I don't mean to sound like I walked in the snow uphill both ways, but it kind of was like we had email only. So we had to rely on communication, reporting practices, a trust um, in order to make this work. So it kind of comes back to any tool, like a paintbrush or, or clay. Any tool is only as good as the way that you use it. The, and the same is true for tech and, and reporting and culture development. Any tool is great and it can help you, but you have to use it in the right and human way in order for it to produce the best results. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, you know, we're putting, you and I are putting a lot of pressure on the manager, but you know, the reality is that as the remote worker, you're probably in the minority unless you're in a completely remote culture. And some of those new organizations are going to be that way. But it is incumbent upon you potentially to lead up from the bottom and to come up with the structures necessary to make sure everybody knows what you're doing, because it's vastly more likely that you have a manager who has never managed somebody remote and is feeling this out as they go. And so that that collaboration goes a little bit meta there because you are responsible. Make sure people know what you are doing. Exactly. Well, and that's the big shift, right? Like this is what the big change is for the worker-employer relationship. In order to have employee empowerment and in order to have intrinsic motivation and results-based, the employee has to be responsible for their self-management, leaving the manager without a job in terms of their traditional job description of managing the productivity and and results of the employee. Now that's the employee's responsibility. So what is left for the manager to do? Creating the environment. Like that's exactly like you said, we are now just leading and in, and making sure that they are equipped and supported and protected and that they have all of the systems and workflows and processes and resources in place that they can do that self-management successfully. Well, that's a big shift for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Laurel, it's awesome having you here. Maybe a, a final word how do people uh, in the audience read your work or you know get more connected with you if they're interested in that yeah definitely so um, because I do work with a lot of different clients all over the world the most constant and stable place to find me is just my personal website which is laurelfar.com if you get the spelling right I'm the only one so it's pretty easy to find me and I'm sure we'll link up in the show notes well Laurel thank you so much it's been uh, fantastic learning with you I'm going to go and process some of this myself fantastic thanks so much for having me Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.